Hey guys, Mike Young with Noble Warriors here. Welcome to the Noble Man Podcast, Episode 4. I'm glad you're with us again. You know, uh, we did a couple of weeks ago, our Episode 2 was about um, leading in the midst of the coronavirus crisis. We talked about lamenting, learning, and leading. Had a great time with that, got some good feedback from guys. And so I want to take that a little bit further with today's episode and talk about finding good in the midst of the crisis. You know, a crisis, just the word crisis makes us think about something bad. And so maybe that's a poor choice of words in the title here, but certainly I think you would have to say as you look around, most of what we see is just I mean, it's just high-octane frustration in most places where you go. Folks are folks are challenged by what's going on, uh, whether they agree or disagree with how the decisions are being made. We're all in a compromised position of some sort with this, um, with this scenario. But I, I think it's part of what we need to do as men, as Christ followers, as leaders, to uh, part of our responsibility is to find some good. Where How are we going to lead in this toward good, toward good outcomes, toward good um, perspectives, toward good posture? And so I want to speak to that a little bit today. And I want to start with uh, something that I, I speak to men about frequently, and that's this idea that you are leading whether you want to or not. So it doesn't make any difference if you think you're a leader, if you want to be a leader or don't be a, want to be a leader, if you don't want anybody to follow you, if you think nobody is following you, none of that makes any difference. God designed you as a leader, and so people are watching you. Now, clearly, we, we see the context of that most most clearly in a family situation where a husband should be uh, taking initiative in some way, should be leading his family. It doesn't mean he gets his way all the time, doesn't mean he's a dictator, but he initiates as a leader and sets a course for the family. So we see clearly leadership there. But, you know, one of the things I've talked about with my sons from the very beginning of our conversations, uh, our man-to-man conversations with them, is about the fact that they are leaders. God designed them as leaders, and people are watching for what they do, how they react, what they say, um, how they behave, how they respond to things. And so leadership is there. It's part of God's design for men. So again, you may not like it, you may not agree with it, you may not want the responsibility, you may try to push it off to someone else, but people are watching what you're doing. And with that being the case, your reaction, your response, your demeanor during the this coronavirus scenario is important because of the influence that it has on others. So there are going to be times when you're just down in the dumps. I get it. I mean, we were just talking this morning about some guys who have lost their job. In one case, in uh, the small group that Stacy and I work with, husband and wife have lost their jobs. There are challenges all over the place. Um, we've got uh, we met with a missionary family who's back in the United States. We've got numbers of folks that we know in this scenario because things were challenging and uncertain in their missions environment, and so they're they're dealing with uh, difficult decisions, different challenges there. But how a man leads in those scenarios is important. People are watching. So here's where I want to go with this. Romans 8.28. Some of you are going to be familiar with this. It, it's going to be a very familiar verse. I memorized it from the NIV, but I'm going to read it to you from the ESV because I haven't done so good memorizing, uh, updating 
uh, verses from the ESV, but here it goes, Romans 8, 28, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Can, can I just tell you that sometimes we trip over that, all things work together for good. Man, it is tough in some circumstances to see the good, to see what what is going to be good in this particular scenario or circumstance. But you have to remember that you can't always see what God sees. So he may be doing something that is absolutely marvelous in one realm of your life that you just can't see yet. But I do think that we as men have to look around. We have to be patient. We have to seek to find the good that God may be doing in any situation, even if it's hard. And, and so that's going to require you to, first of all, lead yourself. And I've talked about this before, but guys, you may need to just stop and take a seat somewhere and sit down and say, okay, what is happening that's good about this situation? I, I'll tell you one of the things that's going on at our house. Two of our sons are home from college. They don't want to be at our house. They're not mad about it or anything, but it's not where they feel like they should be. It's not where they want to be. They're not hostile. There's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, we, we had this conversation around our dinner table the other night and asked the question of what's good. And my daughter, my 15-year-old daughter, said, you know what is good about this is my brothers are at home and I get to spend time with my brothers. And now I tag on it. I didn't I don't mean to get emotional in this, but she recognizes at 15 years old that her brothers who are 19 and 21 now will probably never be home again as long as they will during this um time of sequestration and and quarantine. So she has seen the good. My daughter has seen the good in this scenario of having her brothers at home, which is which is really cool. But I wouldn't have found that out if we hadn't asked the question of what's good in this. My sons, the good that's happening for them, they're rebuilding a transmission and a truck. They're, they're learning all kinds of new things. They're actually having an opportunity to do some work and earn some money that they wouldn't have had otherwise. And um, so they are finding good in this. I tell you, for me, we're working on some things here at the office that we hadn't worked on before. We've got some new ministry opportunities, and so we're finding some good in it. So guys, sometimes you just have to sit down and look around and find something that's good about a bad situation. And so I want to encourage you to do that, and I also want to give you some, some help with that. It would be unfair for me to challenge you to do this and not give you any help. So first thing is this, stop. I just said that. You need to stop. You need to sit down. You need to ask the Lord to give you eyes to see and ears to hear something that he's doing that is good in the midst of this situation. Just pray to him sometimes. And then look around. I, I love a song by Rich Mullins. Now, it's an old song. Rich Mullins is a Christian artist who's dead. Um, but the song, Everywhere I Go, I See You, just inspires me because it, it says, everywhere I look around, I see the Lord at work. I see his hands. I see what he's doing. And I recognize that. It gives me an opportunity to worship that and worship him. And, and so I would just, we're going to put a link to that song at the bottom of this uh, podcast notes. And so you may just listen to Rich Mullins, Everywhere I Go, I See You, and ask God to help you see what he he's doing 
in the world around you. The next thing I would say is look up. I love the fact that uh, this is a fantastic time of year. If you listen to this when it's being recorded or approximately this time in the spring, man, the trees are flowering, dogwoods are blooming, um, the the trees, new leaves are coming out, and the, the colors are beginning to open up. Man, just look around and appreciate the freshness and the newness of spring. So look up at the trees. Look up at the sky. Stacy and I were out the other night and had a chance to just enjoy the stars. And then after we went on our walk, I came back and sat down in the backyard and just looked up at the sky for a while. Sometimes we need to get to a quiet spot and we need to either look around to see what God's doing or look up and see how big God is and and again, ask him to help us see the good that he is doing in the midst of a difficult situation. So the next thing I'm going to say to you is you need to read. Um, I am actually reading through the Psalms right now, and so I'm, I'm loving um, doing this on a daily basis. I read a Psalm and let that catalyze my prayer for the day. I got that strategy from a book by Don Whitney called Praying the Bible, Praying Through the Bible. And so you uh, would just be blessed by that. But Psalm 8, verse 1 says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You've set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you've set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Folks, we need to be reminded that God is bigger than all of this chaos and crazy in our world. We need to be reminded that he knows us. He knows who we are. He knows where we are. He knows what we're dealing with. And sometimes that is part of what we need to to find good in a situation, to know that he has us on his mind. So I would would encourage you to be in the word. um, And with that, you know, something I would recommend when we've gone camping in the past, one of my favorite things to do is to stand at the ocean with my kids or stand in the woods, stand on a mountain. But you don't have to be in any of those places. But go to the book of Job and read God's um, kind of challenge to Job starting in chapter 38. Let me just read you a few verses of this. You know, Job has been afflicted. The Lord has allowed Satan to... Uh, uh, affect his his body, his wealth, his family, all of this stuff. His friends have been there kind of commiserating with him and, and really kind of messing things up. But Job uh, maintains his innocence before the Lord, but he, he begins to complain a little bit. And then at verse 30 or chapter 38 is when the Lord responds to Job. So listen to this. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by my words, by words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man. I will question you, and you will make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid the cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy, Or who shut in the sea with its doors when it burst out from the womb, when I made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band, and prescribed limits for it, and set bars and doors, and said, Thus far you shall come and no further, and here shall your proud waves be stayed. 
Have you commanded the morning since your days began and crushed the dawn to know its place, that you might take hold of the skirts of the earth and the wicked be shaken out of it? Is it, it is changed like clay under the seal and its features stand out like a garment. From the wicked, their light is withheld and their uplifted arm is broken. Have you entered into the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Had the gates of death been revealed to you or have you seen the gates of deep darkness? Have you comprehended the expanse of the earth? Declare if you know all of this. Where is the way of the dwelling of light and where is the place of darkness that you may take it to its territory and that you may discern the paths to its home? You know, for you were born then, and the number of your days is great. Have you entered the storehouses of the snow, or have you seen the storehouses of the hail, which I have reserved for the time of trouble, for the day of battle and war? What is the way to the place where the light is distributed, or where the east wind is scattered upon the earth? And it just goes on, and and so God is saying to Job, this is my world, and I command it. Can you Can you take responsibility for that? And so, you know, what that passage does to me when I read through those things is it reminds me of how big God is, and it helps me to understand that He has perspective, He has sovereignty, He has control, and and there's not much for me to worry about because God sees and knows all of these things. I'm not... Uh, my wisdom is foolishness to him, and so I have to be careful with my perspective. But I think you find good in that. We find health in understanding that he is a big God. You know, the next thing, uh, Psalm 9, I read that later in the week, and twice in Psalm 9, listen to this, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Then again, uh, in verse 11, it says, sing praises to the Lord who sits in enthroned in Zion. You know, one of the other things that we can do is worship the Lord. And so another time at, at the dinner table, I went around, I had a sheet of paper and I wrote down, hey, tell us, let's everyone make uh, recommendations of our favorite worship songs. So we made a family worship playlist that has become a fun thing for us to play at home. What is your worship playlist? What is the go-to music that you're listening that's going to help you uh, remember that God is in control and that we worship Him? So that's another that's another thing for us to consider as we are seeking to find good and pursue God in the midst of this. The next thing I would say is choose joy. Now that's not easy to do, but I go to the book of James and we're reminded in chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various time, kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So it says right there, James says we have to choose joy in all circumstances. And I get it. That's not easy. I mean, there's, there's so much uncertainty about what's in front of us, when we'll be able to gather again in groups, when we'll be able to see children and grandchildren and friends freely, and when, when the restaurants will be open, we won't have to cook every night all day. So, but somewhere in the midst of that, you've got to choose joy and look for good. Man, f- families are doing meal times together that they haven't enjoyed for years. Families are playing games together. Families are dreaming together. They're planning together. They're doing projects together. Had to go to the dump the other day, and my goodness, folks are lined up because they're decluttering their homes. There is good that's coming out of this. We just have to look for it. We have to name it, and we have to say this is part of God's goodness in the midst of this difficult thing. And then the last thing I'll tell you is to be generous in this time as a way to find good. 
You know, I, I find it interesting that we all probably have more than we need of at least something needed for life. And so um, this may be a time to be generous. I find one of the things that brings us great joy is to give freely to others. Now notice I said give freely because if you give with strings attached or you give with expectations, that's not giving freely. That's not going to bring you the same joy as just living and giving with an open hand. I'm reminded of Paul's letter to the Corinthians, his second letter, chapter 8, verse uh, verses 1 and 2 says this, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And it goes on. But here's here's what's so fascinating about this. These folks were poor. They were in a difficult circumstance. The conditions were not great for them. In many, much the same way the conditions may not be great for you right now or your family. But they chose to express their joy through generosity by giving to other churches so that they might flourish. <clears throat> so, big deal here is learning to be generous. Being generous brings joy, which helps us find good in the midst of this crisis. So, guys, I, I, just to reiterate... There are lots of aspects of this COVID-19 scenario that are not good. They're frustrating, they're discouraging, they're, they're demeaning, they are rocking our world. But people are watching you, sir. People are watching to see what your reaction is going to be, how you're going to speak, how you're going to act, what you're going to say, what you're going to do. And because of that, it would behoove you and be a blessing to them to seek to understand and talk about and magnify the good that God is doing in these times. So again, practically, number one, stop. Sometimes you just need to stop and look for the good and ask God to help you see it. Number two, look around. So look around horizontally to see what God is doing. Remember the Rich Mullen song, everywhere I go, I see, see you. God is working all around you. He's not stopped working because of the coronavirus. God is not in quarantine, so don't believe that. Then look up. Look up and see the stars. See the majesty of the Lord. Look at the trees. Be reminded of the fact that spring is coming and flowers are blooming. Things are going to change eventually, and we're going to see something that becomes a new normal, maybe not the old normal, but things are going to continue to move forward. Read. I, I mentioned the Psalms. Uh, Psalm 8 talks about the majesty of God. Psalm 9 reminds us to worship. And so a practical aspect of something you can do there is ask folks in your family, what are, what's a what's a family praise and worship prayer list that or uh, song list that you can put together and share and enjoy and build on? Then go outside. Be reminded of uh, Job's um, con con confrontation. I'm going to spit all that out. Be reminded of Job's uh, challenge by God when God spoke to him about all the things that God had done in creation and Job had to sit there and listen to it. Man, we need to be reminded sometimes it's not about us. It's not about us. God's doing things that we can't see and can't understand, and he's the one who holds the earth in position and holds the waters at bay and holds the sky in place. He's the one who does all of that. So recognize that. Then the, the last or the next thing is to choose joy. 
Guys, you can choose to be joyful. You may not be happy in everything, but you have, if you know Christ, you have the joy of the Lord and the hope of salvation. And they, by the Spirit of the Lord working in you, will help you to choose joy even in difficult circumstances. And that will be a blessing to your family. And then finally, be generous. What can you give away? What can you give with an open hand to someone else with no expectations of how they would respond? You're simply giving because you love the Lord and you want to bless other people. When you're generous, it helps you see good in the midst of crisis. So folks, that's our challenge. That's our lesson. That's what the noble man does. The noble man's going to look for good in the midst of a crisis and is going to lead others to see that good as well. That's our challenge for today. God bless you men. Go and see the good. Look for the good in the midst of this crisis.